Good morning, everyone. It is Neon and Beyond. You're at the right place at the right time as we continue this journey this morning to get you up close and personal with amazing things that are continuing to happen here in Las Vegas. Clark County, and the greatest state ever, that is Nevada. And not a stranger, my next guest to Neon Beyond, a great partner here with Lotus Communications and doing great things in our community. Uh, the one, the only, the founder and CEO from Positively Kids Doing Great Things, Fred Schultz is with us. Fred, good morning. Hey, good morning. Happy Sunday. How you doing? I am amazing. Thank you for taking the time this morning and kind of doing a check back in with us because you got some cool things on the horizon we're going to talk about. But, you know, as I always like to do for those that might not know about you guys or don't know exactly everything you're doing, besides the amazing name of Positively Kids, and as the <laughs> founder and CEO, tell us about you guys. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, a side note, you know, that name came about rather unusually sitting around a kitchen table, as most things do, with a group of some other colleagues who were in healthcare and and uh, having some drinks and saying, boy, we ought to do this, we ought to do this. And, of course, the more we, the more we drank, the smarter we got and right. the better we were. And then we came up with a logo and a name. We said, God, this is good. We're going to take it. And it I, has stuck for the past 22 years. Go figure. 22 years of Positively Kids has been around, which A, is amazing, but you took uh, the whole answer out of the question I was going to ask because I just, I've always loved that name and I like the history behind names of how they came to mm. be. That's, that's really cool. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Do we blame it on the alcohol or do we blame it on all the good colleagues that I sat around with? I I'm going to go with 50-50. How about that? I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and what do you guys do? Yeah, so, so we're a local nonprofit that cares for kids who are medically fragile. So we have pediatric clinics. We have nurses that go out into the home. Uh, we provide respite services. So kids who have long-term chronic illnesses um, can be classified a number of different ways. Kids on ventilators, you know, it depends on their medical acuity. Kids who maybe have autism that can be classified in that group. Um, kids who have neurological disorders. I mean, there's a whole grouping of medical diagnoses that puts you into the medical fragile, medically fragile categories, you know, spine injuries and orthopedic injuries and blah, blah, blah. They go on and on. But we've been providing that service, as we said, for 22 years. And there isn't anybody else who's got the, the scope of services that we have to provide all of those things in one place. We call it a care, co care coordination is how we refer to it. You have a lot of things that go on there and not only above and beyond and taking that extra step of what you guys do at Positively Kids, but your collaboration with other organizations is really cool as well. Yeah, I, you know, I think it's important. Unfortunately, you know, I think some, and not to mention any names, but it, it's all over. Certain nonprofits and certain agencies stay in their own silo sometimes, and they don't reach out and they don't collaborate with others and they don't share exactly what's going on. And, and I see why that's done. Um, we may have been that way a little bit in the beginning, you know, two stuff, because you want to be protective of where your funds come from. You want to be protective of your grantors. You want to be protected, protective of certain things that you provide so somebody else doesn't, quote, take what you're doing. And I think maybe in the beginning we were that way, but we're well over that now. And so we collaborate with many agencies in Clark County, let them know about the services, provide the services. 
sharing grants. You know, a lot of times when you're getting grants, you're, you're up against maybe 20 other people who are applying for the same grant. But I think it makes sense sometimes to reach out to those people and say, hey, maybe we go together on this grant. Maybe there's a collaborative effort in putting this grant together. If you're going to get a big dollar from a community development block grant from the city or the county or whoever it might be, how about if we go together and you provide this portion of the services from the grant and we'll provide this portion of the services for the grant? And I think those collaborations are looked at more closely now than they were years ago. Because I can remember years ago if we applied for a grant and you'd have to make a, a, uh, a personal presentation to, the, to somebody at the county or a group that was evaluating it, they'd say, well, doesn't so-and-so group do that also? And you'd say, well, yeah, they do, but they don't do it quite like we do it. Like we do it a little bit differently because of whatever. So really, Steph, if you think about it, it makes sense to collaborate with people. Yeah, absolutely. And I I just love how we find out different bits and pieces when we have so many wonderful charities on here on Neon and Beyond of what they're doing and how they're becoming bigger and better because it's a need. And when we talk yeah. about the need, especially with Positively Kids, by the way, we are talking with Fred Schultz, founder and CEO of Positively Kids, and it's PositivelyKids.org where you can find out all kinds of information and a lot of the information we've discussed about more there. But you guys have a really cool new skilled facility, which I know behind the scenes has been taking a lot of work and getting that building going. <laughs> you're, so, you're so politically correct when you say that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank uh, we you. Say something else, we say something else here when it doesn't go the way we want it to go, but it's not for our listeners and it's not for radio time. But, you know, a lot of it was, was a delay because of COVID. So let me back up. So we're looking at opening up a 60-bed, 30,000-square-foot skilled facility, skilled facility for medically fragile children. And so that's a place where parents can leave their child either short-term or long-term, depending on their medical acuity, depending on their medical diagnosis for care, because right now kids go out of the state for long-term care, and that's, that's not right. Right. Um, and it's been delayed. It's been my vision for, for 20 years. I got to tell you, when I first started this and we sat around that kitchen table, we said, we're going to open up a skilled facility. We're going to do that in the next two years. Well, so 20 years later, <laughs> here we are finally getting it open. It's finally going to happen. Uh-huh. Um, it, it takes a minute to get things done, doesn't it? So things we were naive about in the beginning were we've gotten a little smarter along the way. But the delays have just been so frustrating. I mean, I hear things every day from our contractor as we're getting ready for a groundbreaking on July 20th, finally. But I hear things from our contractor like, uh, we can't get the concrete and we can't get the wood and we can't get uh, the plastic doorknobs and we can't get the toilets because they're in a boat uh, over by China in the ocean. And so there's a delay in getting the products here. And then there's not anybody who can drive the truck to get the product over here to Las Vegas once it, once it you know, comes off of a container ship. Right. I mean, those are the kinds of things we're up against on a daily basis. I hear it every day. Um, so are we going to do wood or are we going to build it with steel? I well, know. today wood's cheaper, but yesterday... Steel was cheaper, so 
we're trying to bounce back and forth to see what's available and how it's going to move forward. And so the delay has been at least two additional years on top of putting it together, which has been very frustrating. We had no control over it, of course. I know, but you're currently building and everything's going to be amazing. I mean, this is going to be just so big for you guys. Yeah, it is. It's, it's finally going to happen. So groundbreaking is July 20th. Um, people can get on our website and you can see the information more about it and what's going on regarding that. And then it'll take about 12 months to build, uh, assuming all the product comes. You know, the other challenge is you can't find people to work. I don't know what's up with that. <laughs> the, the great American resignation. I, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> you can't find people to work. I know. Uh... It, and it's not just the workers who are pouring the concrete and are doing the electric and all that. I mean, I have difficulty in finding licensed, qualified people for our current program. I can't find nurses. I can't find LPNs. I can't find practitioners. I can't find people. Nobody wants to work. Or if they do come in, they're like, yeah, do we have to work like 40 hours? <laughs> we have to work all day? Oh, I know <laughs> the woes. <laughs> I know, but... That's coming along for you guys, first of all, for Positively Kids, and then yeah. your new social skills program for autistic kids. Yeah, that's, um, that's a brand new program also. And so we're not saying that we're giving the diagnosis of autism. So I don't want to confuse anyone with that because there are places that do a wonderful job. The Ackerman Center, I'll mention them. They do a great job over there, um, and they actually do um, evaluations on these kids and they give a diagnosis of autism wherever the child might be on what we refer to as the spectrum. You know, how, how autistic are they? Very autistic? Do they respond at all? Can they do certain things or not? But, but we have what we call a social skills program. So children who have autism and other types of diagnoses like that don't interact very well with other children or adults. And so we look at early intervention for these kids to decide and help with individualized assessment. Um, and we use board-certified behavior analysts and specialists to do that, and we work with these kids so that they learn to communicate, help with their socialization, their language skills. Um, we create some independence with these kids that they never had before. Um, some of them have social-emotional issues. We're seeing more of that now. You know, with kids that haven't been able to go to school, now they're back to school. Now kids are concerned about, you know, do you wear a mask? Are we not wearing a mask? Some places do and some places don't. Kind of a mixed um, bag, I will say, of concerns whether you wear a mask or not. Uh, we can't get vaccines for kids under five yet at this point. But putting them in a group for social skills has been... And, and it's a small program right now because we just started it. I think we only have six or ten kids in the program right now. Wow. Um, but still, yeah, that, it's you know, small. It's, it's small, but that need is there. Yeah, and you get more of a one-to-one -one because I've got two to three staffs in that room. Um, some families are paying privately for it. Um, some are not because we have some grant money for those that cannot pay. We have grant dollars that can support some of the costs to operate that building or operate that program, if you will. Um, but we've seen kids come to us that were not speaking. They weren't eating with their families. Um, they had 
um, emotional problems where they weren't responding appropriately. You couldn't understand them when they would speak. And in less than, I would say, two months, and I have a certain child um, that I'm thinking about in my own head, um, that all of a sudden is speaking regularly. Mom tells us he eats with them at dinner, and he never ate with them at dinner. And, you know, that's just a simple thing that you and I do with our kids. Like, we're going to have dinner. We're going to sit down. How was your day? You know, what went on? Blah, blah, blah. You know, all those things. You talked about your daughter wanting to get involved, you know, um, singing in the shower and, and, you know, her talents and all those kinds of things. Um, She wants to be on the show. And you talk about that and you encourage that. But these kids can't do that. And now this one particular child that I have in mind that I just mentioned, mom came and she's crying. She said, he sits with us at dinner and he talks. He speaks. I love that. (laughs) I mean, just... And again, that yeah. goes right back around to positively kids, right? Yeah, exactly. And we take that for granted, don't we? You we and do. I take that for granted because our kids are fine. Yep. You know, and 36,000 kids born in Clark County, 15% are medically fragile. I mean, that needs to be addressed here. We have 2.3 million people in Clark County alone. And we're That's increasing a big number. 21% a year. Well, that's why you guys are around. And I know that there's a lot of opportunity. If this is a need and you're listening this morning on Neon and Beyond, please go to PositivelyKids.org because Fred and his whole team are just wonderful. They'll walk you through the process. They'll guide you to where you need to be and they'll start you on that first step. You just need to take that first step. And also, if you're looking to get involved on a deeper level and you want to volunteer or find out more about them, please check out PositivelyKids.org. Right, Fred? Absolutely. Thanks for... Thanks for allowing me to share all that information this morning. Oh, my gosh, Fred. Thank you so much. We appreciate you coming on, and I know we're going to touch base and see what's going on. We'll do a check-in right around school time and see how things are rocking and rolling with you guys. Absolutely. I appreciate it, and we'll talk again soon. All right, Fred Schultz, founder and CEO of Positively Kids. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye.